Right, we're going to go on an exciting journey of true crime today. And we have got Mel and Dwayne. They've both got their own individual stories, but they overlap. So there'll be two separate podcasts. Huge thanks for them for coming on. And all the links will be in the description box below this. So please support their work. As you know, we like to start out with a story in the middle of the action. And... Dwayne, there was a story where you got, was it macheted in the head or something? Yeah, so um, basically, I was having it with someone for quite some time. It was a bit of a tit for tat. They had to pay some money to myself. And I've gone to a club thinking, I never had no tools or anything on me. I've gone to the club. Anyway, come outside after. He's pulled a, um, a machete out. I've tried to give it legs. And then he, he's chopped me in the in the head with a um, machete uh yeah and i was i was on the floor floor paralyzed i couldn't move i was swimming in, in my own blood and all i could just smell was this claret you know when you think it's time i'm gone because i couldn't feel none of my body and i could just smell i was dripping it was dripping down like um clogs of it and um yeah I, people lifted me up into the car but i didn't want to go to the um the local hospital because I was wanted by police. So we went to, I got them to take me to Hillenden, West London. So they took me to Hillenden Hospital. And all I can remember is just being in, in the bed. And then I just went unconscious because I couldn't feel none of my body. Um, my people said after that they come and they said, we don't even know if he's going to make it because he's got a fractured skull bleeding to the brain. And we don't know if he's going to make it through. And if he does make it through, he could be a cabbage from the neck down and never walk again. So that was uh, that experience, yeah. Just to go over that a little bit more closely. Mm. So what was the beef actually over? So the beef was over. Here we go. (laughs) So the beef was over. Basically, I was, because I was young at the time, about 18, 19. I've got out of prison and I'm still at it, trying to obviously go a little bit legit. I had a job and I had a line selling drugs. And my girlfriend at the time, um, she was working in a bookies. She was working in a bookies. And while she was working there, I was going to work, but I was giving my line to her brother. Long story short, you don't want long story. No, long we want story. long story yeah, yeah. as long as possible. So, so basically, I'm, I'm, I was doing some work in the mask factory in Slough. So I was doing my work. I had my line. I'm trying to keep out of trouble. And um, next minute, I've come back summertime. We're by the Jolly London at the pub in the Brittle Estate. And my phone's rung. And it's my, my, my girl at the time. And she's pr- pregnant with my, with my kid. She's saying, oh, the bookies has been robbed. And I thought, what? And I was moving like it was my bookies. Because when she said it's been robbed, I was like, what? And I said, how are they, how are they moving? What are they wearing? Or, and anyway, so she left the phone call. When she come home, that's when I interrogated her to say, what were they moving? How were they moving? What clothes were they wearing? A, B, and C. So she was telling me, but she was with a, a friend. And her friend is someone that I grew up with, her, her brother. Yeah. And there's like a, but seven sisters and there's him. And um, she said, oh, them lot are going out tonight, going out raving. I goes, yeah. She, she goes, go with them. I said, oh, oh, cool. I'll give them a call. I said, what, are you going out tonight? And they said, yeah, yeah, come. I've gone out raving with them, Elephant Castle or something like that. And we've gone out. 
were drinking their popping champagne. I've gone home. I've gone to sleep. And then my uh, missus has come. And she's, uh, she's blew the bubbles. It was them that licked the move. The bookies. People that I grew up with. That I had sleepovers with and all that as kids. Mum borrowed milk of her A, B and C. Like literally... And I lost it. My, my pop, my head popped. I've grabbed her, gone around there, demanded money. Now, he could have went and done the move on his own. It was an inside job. So he could have done the job on his own, had a taxi around the corner, went in or whatever it is. Yeah. Done the job on his own, but he never, cause he knew if it came on top, he couldn't deal with it on his own. So he's called someone else and that's someone else. They could have went and done it on their, on, on their toes as well, them two. But he probably knew as well. Because I weren't an idiot. He must have thought, oh, so he's grabbed another person. I don't know if there was another one or two. But there's four of them, I think it was. They've gone and done the move. So now I'm demanding money. One of them's given me some money. And um, I've, I'm getting a bit hyper now. I've got, a, I've got a, like a kitchen knife I'm scraping up against the wall I'm drinking loads of brandy and I'm saying that and like all the sisters are there and my guy Franco he's probably saying he's he's there they're all there and there must the sisters are there and he's thinking they must be thinking we need to do something because he's mugging us off now so then he pulled out something anyway long story short no no long story long <laughs> he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, nothing happened nothing happened okay. there we, we, he pulled out his tool I pulled out etc yeah. and then we went about our business the next day he called me and said I'll oh, come to um, I think the Wentworth or whatever so I had a big sword down my down my thing I've pulled up at um, the Wentworth I've got out my motor and I pulled I've, like walking with it one leg like that and as I'm walking, he's come around the corner. I've, I've drawn it out like that. As I've drawn it out, he's come run, he run around the car, but then you've got another five heads come running around with swords. And I've had to give it legs. So as I've given it legs, I'm running. I've jumped the wall, jumped on the road. I fell over. As I fell over, one of them chopped me with a sword. I put my leg up. I managed to put my leg up, so it's got me on my leg. I managed to get back up, jump to get into my car. They're obviously chopping down the car and I've got in it imagine to to spin off so I've got away now and now because these were all my these were were my people people that I grew up with people that mums know each other etc so now my phone's rung and it's one of the one of the olders that I used to have it with make some money with and he's called me and he said come so I've come there I pulled up and there's every single one of them. They're all sitting on the wall. He's there. And I'm emotional now because you're thinking the, the, the mother of my kids, my girlfriend mm. is macing me up, portrayal, all these people that I fought. So I'm, I'm, I'm like about, I think 18, 19. I'm, I'm sobbing. I'm, I'm, I'm emotional now. And I'm like out thinking, I said, all right, all right. And they're all sitting there. I just bopped, I just bopped off. I couldn't deal with it. Couple of weeks later. These these guys operate in this pub, pub, cherry pickers it was called at the time, and they operate. They move their bits of grub from there, and then I'm in my taxi, and I stop there on my own. I've gone in there, and I bought them a drink, and they're out looking out the windows. They're thinking, what's going on here? Because they know I'm game. They know I've always been about it. So they're thinking, they're looking out the windows. I'm playing them for game. Got bought them a drink like that, and then I went about my business. Yeah, went about my business. About a week later, two weeks later, I'm in a snooker bar. And I'm in the snooker bar and someone said, oh, them men are coming here. And I'm like, yeah. 
And whilst they said them man are coming here, because I've always been brazen, I've always been game on my own, I've always been about it. And they said that. But and in, in I was there playing pool, people were drinking. It was a little um snooker pool place, green man. Someone slipped to like a butterfly knife in my pocket. Do you know when you dip someone, but they didn't dip me, they slipped a butterfly knife in my pocket. So when I've gone to toilet, I've put my hand in my pocket and I felt I felt a, a butterfly knife. So I, went, right, I opened it up anyway, put it in a thing. I've gone out about my business and I'm playing pool. They've come in, firmed up. But there's two of them that come in weren't nothing to do with it. Yeah. Because, and the other two were obviously that had something to do with it. The other two were white boys and the other people that I was having it with were, were black boys. Yeah. So the, I'm having a game of pool for like 50 quid or whatever with one of the white boys that they come in with. He's trying to mug me off thinking, because he's with them, he's just trying, he's trying to mug me off thinking I'm a, um, a, so I'm playing pool with him for like 50 quid or whatever it was. And, um, it was my game. I, he's moved the balls when I weren't looking. So he's trying to mug me off in front of people. I'm not looking. He's moved the balls, proper trying to mug me off. So I've lost it now. I've lost it. And then I've, I must have, I must have had like a keeper. I don't know. So some like diamond ring on. I've, I've, I've given one and I thought I've took him outside. Actually, I've given one. I've split his face and I thought it's two, kill two birds with one stone now. I've, as I've gone to walk back in the thing, I flicked the thing out and I've, I've done my man in his face. Um, Franco. And now he's running around the thing. I'm acting like a madman. Anyway, got somewhere. I got. My girl in the car at the time, I told her to get in the car and go. There was dramas there. Anyway, gone from there. I've gone on a mad one now, nosing it up, doing drugs, sniffing, smoking crack on one. They've gone to the hospital, my baby mum and uh, my mum's gone to the hospital. But that firm's at the hospital at the same time. Yeah, and they've obviously jumped on the phone and told someone to go and light up my mum's house. My mum was at the hospital at the time with my girl. And then they've gone and lit up my mum's house. Yeah. Um, the thing is, right, I could have easy, yeah, went to his mum's house. Yeah, I had thoughts. My man, I called my man the enemy inside. I, I had my man in there saying, right, go to his mum's, boom, boom, all these stories of doing things. But even though I was on the road, I've always had that bit of like a little bit different. Yeah. And I didn't go to his mum's house. I kept it on the roads and I kept true to my integrity and I kept it on the roads. I could have easily went to his mum's house and I had thoughts. I was fighting with my demons not to go to his mum's house. So in the end, that happened. He lit up my mum's house. And now I've gone and got one of them things. Yeah. And now I'm not sleeping. I'm taking drugs. Yeah. I'm literally not sleeping for days. I'm off my head. And these firm here are moving bits and pieces. They don't smoke. So I'm smoking. I'm sniffing coke. I'm a madman. They're obviously a bit more awake and alert because obviously my gasket's popping. They know, probably know where I am and stuff like that. But two twos now. I've got the thing in the car. I'm in like an M3. I've got my rap music when I was obviously in that world. <laughs> I've got my rap music play, playing. Still um, Nas, still Matic. Woke up this morning. Bought myself a gun and I'm playing it. And anyway, I've got this firm and they're in the car. They've seen me. And after they've seen me, I'm jumping out the car, leaving the car door open. They're reversing because they know I've got something anyway. They're not following me. I've gone about my business. And then um, the next time I'm driving. So this is a tip for tat now. And then I'm driving down the road. As I'm driving down, I'm not driving. I've got my drivers driving. But my thing's in the bush. 
yeah so i've got nothing on me in the car so now he's driving we're driving past and you know like when you see someone and there's four of them in the car and we've seen each other they've seen me i've seen them and it was on i'm telling my driver to drive he don't know the roads he don't know my area because obviously he's just driving me for a specific thing next minute now i'm telling him to drive i'm gonna jump in the driver's seat in the end but before i do he's smashed into the roundabout on the farnham road roundabout I've jumped out the car and I've run for my life to the petrol station forecourt. There's people in their car. I've jumped in their car and they've jumped out and took the keys out. And then anyway, I'm on the petrol station forecourt and um, I'm having it with him. And in the end, I, I woke up in hospital because obviously there were five, four of them. And I woke up in the hospital and I had um, tire marks on my back. My face was all scraped up. They said... That the car, the car literally reversed over me. And Franco, cause we got, we got, um, we got podcasts and stuff, content anyway, where we've obviously reconciled. He said that he told the driver, he told him, no, reverse over it, no, reverse over it. And obviously the driver, boom, boom, straight over me. And, um, I woke up in hospital. Uh, anyway, got back onto, got back on my feet. And, um, this was just after the house thing, the fire. So I got back on my feet. This same older, supposedly older, right, that he got them now. We met at a, at a pub and we sat down and they said, right, look, he's on his own. You lot are firmed up. You're coming, you're coming on him. Yeah, we're not having it. You've gone to his mum's house. You've got to pay this amount of dough to us, to, to me. So it was all kind of squash now. They're paying the dough A, B and C. So I've gone out one night, yeah, and now I've healed up from the scrape, etc. I've healed up from the scrape. I'm brand new. He's got a big wet on his on his face, and I've gone to Rems, this bashment where all the yardies go. We drink, sell drugs, girls, etc. I've gone there, and he's in there, but he's got a cut on his face, and I'm kind of fresh at the time because I ain't. Been, there's nothing wrong with me because the the grazes have healed, and um, yeah, it got a bit sticky in there. He obviously thought, fuck this, I'm having him. He's, I'm in here, A, B and C. So he's pulled out the thing outside the, the, the club. He's pulled it out and I've got nothing on me because I thought he's paying the dough. He must have not had respect or ratings for my man because he said he had to pay the dough. And then I, I give it legs. As I was giving it legs, I went, he's chopped me straight in the head with a machete. And it's obviously fracture skull bleeding to the brain. And that's when I was swimming in the blood. I was swimming in it. And I thought I was gone because when I got there, got me to the hospital, I couldn't feel my, I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel anything. And I was literally paralyzed. They said to my people that you're not going to walk again. And obviously when I come through days later, when I did come out of, uh, come conscious, I was in the hospital bed and I'm, I'm literally paralyzed down. I'm having people wipe my ass, shower me, um, feed me sometimes I can't even lift my arms um and my mum obviously give her life to God some some years back she used to be a mad woman herself and she was just get I remember my little sister and her putting her hands on me and praying and obviously but I was still a bit of a madman and where I had that soldier in me I weren't having it 
I weren't having it. I'm lifting myself up. When my visitors weren't there, I'm lifting myself up and grabbing things and going outside on the lift. And people saying, you're right. I said, yeah, I'm all right. And I'm literally, because I had that soldier spirit in me that nothing was stopping me and holding me to the, to the bed. I'll go out and I'll start smoking. And one time I'm smoking the cannabis, I've come out, I think I'm having a heart attack. And I, I said, mum, call that, call that, um, thing. And I, yeah, you'll be all right. But obviously it calmed down. But that's when life slaps you in the face with the truth. Because that's when you're in the hospital bed half dead or you're doing a big bird. That's when life slaps you in your face with the truth and you realise reality. The only ones there are the ones that care. 100%. And that's when like reality started, um, life started giving me a few slaps and crunches and I started, okay, I started, um, yeah, when he hit you in the head with it, did you go unconscious right away? Yeah, I was on the floor. I must have been unconscious for 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 whatever it was on the floor, but I didn't realise when I was on the floor, he's come he's come up and done me there again because he had the wet on his face. <sighs> Do you understand? Yeah. So so he's he's got me. I'm down, and he's thought right. I'm getting him now because he's got one on his from here to there. So he's thought, oh, and got me. And then you woke up in hospital. Woke up in hospital. And what was the recovery like from that? I probably, it was a few weeks because like they can't hold me down. I discharged myself from the hospital when they said no. So now I'm walking, but I'm just flicking my, I'm flicking my leg out. Like holding onto things, flicking it out. And then the drugs are still in my system. I still want more, I still want more drugs. I still want more drink. I still want to escape from this reality of all the portrayal of these people and A, B and C. And, um, before I know it, I was out licking robberies with, with, with my pal. And my mum saying, listen, you better sort it out. People saying, you need to hold it down, bruv. Cause there's descriptions, two men balaclavered, one with a limp. And when I'm talking limp, I was chucking my foot out. So they was the descriptions and cause I was just moving hot still. In high performance cars, licking licking moves, um, yeah. Wow! So yes. there's a taste of Dwayne's story. It gave me goosebumps. That's how good his storytelling ability is. There's lots more like that to come. We're going to get back to those, but it's not all madness. There is a lot of life lessons at the end of this. There was a, an epiphany, and you'll see that the story is. Truly inspirational. What both Mel and Dwayne do now, you're going to want to support it, but we're going to keep you waiting to find out what that is. So now let's go back to the beginning. Now we've got everyone gripped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, you know, what was it like for you growing up and stuff? Yeah. Before I start, I just want to do a little disclaimer to say, <laughs> yeah, anything that I say to any kids or any people, I'm not boasting or glamorizing of what I've done, where I've been, because it wasn't nice. It was horrible. It was hell on earth. And I thank God that I'm here today to tell the story. So I'm not here to boast and glamorize. I'm to say that change is possible because I was the worst of the worst and ruthless and done some naughty things and the change had happened. So I'd just like to declare that. And to anyone that I may have hurt along the journey, along my madness, please do forgive me. I wasn't in my rightful mind, but I am now. And um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there is a radical transformation that you're going to see. Mm. All right, so let's go back to what it was like for you growing up. 
So growing growing up, I remember my mum and dad were together when I was probably about three, four. It was it was normal. It was like kind of normal. She went to work, etc. But there was arguing and fighting. That's all I used to remember. But they split up. But I remember it was, that was the most normality it was because it was um yeah he'd go to work and yeah, and it was normal apart from the domestics and stuff. They they um split up at probably I was about three, four years old. So my mum started drinking heavily and she was, she was, she was game because she had obviously a hard life herself. Um, so she started drinking heavily, airing it out with me. Obviously I love my mum to bits. She'd done the best of her ability. I still love her today. And this is all she knew. So she would air it out of me, give me a couple of licks because I probably, I was probably hard work. And sometimes I couldn't go to school because obviously I might have handprint now on my face or whatever it is. And, um, yeah, she may have seen my dad in me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that went on. And then I remember she used to do dodgy stuff around where we where we lived. She'd probably buy goods, plant goods or do dodgy stuff. And then um, she got with a new, a new fella. And when she got with a new fella, he was obviously smoking loads of green and um, doing dodgy stuff, etc. Um, I had a little sister... Aisha and my older brother Daniel but he used to spend a lot of time with with his dad because obviously it was probably too much for my old dear so then she's got a new boyfriend and he's at it shotting bits of um green or, or ash at the time and um I remember my mum picked me up from school and when she picked me up from school we were on the bus and she said duck down duck down before before we um went past just before we go and pass our house I think what's going on there and then we went for to a refuge for um women for domestic violence so obviously there was stuff going on we went there um and then she got back with him and then we moved house we moved into the Britwell estate and when we moved there um it was a rougher state at the time what still, part of the country is that that's Slough, Slough in Britwell Britwell estate yeah just outside West London and um yeah so we were there now he was selling his bits and pieces from the house my house was that house to go to to get ash pills coke or whatever it was on the estate so i'm pretending to play sega mega drive or whatever super nintendo but i'm not i'm listening to big people's talk i'm pretending that or, or, or pretending i'm asleep but i'm on the stairs back think <laughs> listening to what's going on so i'm there i'm absorbing all this in how to sell drugs take drugs my mum and him would be arguing at it. We'd had two pitbull terriers. One was called Bitch and one was called Rebel. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were the two dogs. They had puppies, 10, and they went out into, into Slough. So they were naughty dogs. And, um, it was, yeah, the house was, uh, chaos because there was arguing, fighting, baseball bats, lumps of woods by the front door, machetes and, and, and tools all around the house. Him and my mum, just having it, fighting, arguing. And then um, my little sister, Ashley, was born. And then that's when I think they had enough of, of each other. And then he left or she got rid of him or whatever. And now she's just going out raving. She's going out clubbing in the West End, leaving me and my siblings with the babysitter. She's doing bud and cheese. So she's selling credit card. Um, she's doing credit card fraud. So they called it bud and cheese back in the day. So she'd be out working the books for the local thieves, um, working the books and she'd be buying the books off them and then going out. And you know, remember the um, social books? You stamp them in the post office. So she'd get the books as well. So she, she was 
proper grafter going out cashing these books and doing um all that stuff going out raving and i remember one time my old dish was going out her pal's in the car and i've jumped on the, the car and said no don't go don't go and she's gone Rawr! and i fell off and she's gone about her business and then i've just hit the estate i i found i found love on the the estate um my mum was fully fully at it i remember like when i was younger about just after my dad left she said yeah take this and 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 drop put it in the the drain up the road she told me where and i remember that and even now putting flashbacks of me putting it down the drain and these were like knives that were used in in people's obviously deaths etc um and i rung her on the way to say did matey boy get convicted with that and she said yeah 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 a b and c and she said babe you see we were savages from savages to the savior <laughs> because we like it was it was my mum was about it like that so then yeah, she was out raving, doing a credit card fraud. I'm out on the estate, belonging with the with the olders and um, robbing, stealing. I was like Oliver Twist. Um, <laughs> I would, yeah, handbags, purses, etc. Um, I pull up to the taxi man on my bike and I see he's got a nice wad in his pocket. I say, excuse me, how much, how much we took to Manor Park? And I say, hey, what's that there? And out of his pot and I'll be gone. I'll be like a whippet, thief in the night. Literally from a young age, I would, a pound note, because my mum would t- ask me, go over to Sheena's or whoever to see if she wants to buy that chain. So I knew how much things were. I was like a Dell boy in Rodney from, from young. I remember even at a, a, a young age, I, I went in the shop and I, I stole some little owls. I was about five, six years old. I stole the owls and I put them in the bush and I went and got another one. Then I'm knocking at people's door. Saying, do you want to buy this for a pound? So I had the entrepreneur within me from day one. So then obviously my mum was doing that. I was out on the streets. And then um, by the time I was eight, nine years old, she'd, she'd pick up and say, take him, take the little, because I'd smash her car up. I'd resent to my mum because I just wanted love. I'd say to her, I'd say, mum, why can't you just cook Sunday dinners and just be a normal mum? Mm-hmm. And... She called the um, social services because I'd smash her window, smash the car and... I'll go into a children's home from child foster care to children's home. I'll be back. I say, Mum, please let me come home. She said, All right, you, you, you learned your lesson now. I'll be home. And then the time I was um, 12, I'm, I'm smoking green, 11, smoking green. I'm out with the older boys. I'm, I'm licking, like, there was computers back in the days because all the Slough lot, we were computer guys. And a lot of the West London lot were computers. So hard drives, sun servers and chips and laptops. That's before laptops, obviously, now they're everywhere. But this was like when they were... Are you talking about like Acon? Yeah, we're talking about 486s and 586s before Pentium. I'm old school, isn't it? But I still (laughs) look young. So... Yeah, that was it. We were doing these computers and like we had the trading state. The Slough trading state was one of the biggest trading states in Europe. So there'd be the security at the, the window. We're sending a little kid around to the, looking through the window. The security come out. As he's come out, as he's come in, we grip him and just we'd offload the whole office with all the laptops, all the stuff, filling up um, like T5s and Aldi's estates with all these computer goods. And um, that was my life. I'd get up in the morning. I ain't got no dough. I jump on my bike. And I hit the trading estate. I get one one laptop. I get a grand, fifteen hundred pound, and that was the morning run. At lunchtime, you do the lunchtime run, and at the lunchtime run, you go to the pubs because they'd be in the pubs having their lunches, and you go to the back of the estates. You look through, you see the little strap, 
and then you do the um the evening run the evening run like when they're finished the office pods are finished they'll be um putting in their their galaxies there's four cases and we're outside the office we're following them out the traffic lights open up the, the boot like that and grab them jump in the car whew, gone it was like a, a thief in the night um so that went on for for quite some time i was making obviously a lot of money um and uh yeah the computers fit bur- like burglaries when i was younger but then that went on to um by the time, yeah, 13, I was in the West End of London selling with the old, the olders. Um, he, he was, he was 23. He was knocking my door for me. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of grooming exploitation now. Obviously it's, it's, it's like rife with it. But back then, um, it wasn't so rife. It wasn't heard of, but I was 13 years old and my man was 23 knocking the door for me. And then I'm in the West End with a mouthful of bags and but these were the times we didn't even have no phones because it's it was like page some people had pages but it was it was literally like that um what did he say to you to recruit you they, they, that's what they, they, yeah, bill of smith go on bill up bill up bill up mm-hmm. drink this or thingy and give you stuff and they were they were playing a role as a dad role or uncle role because there was the single parent there's there's boys there and it's generational this this is what happens up until today until yesterday decades ago so they're there fulfilling a need as that role model but obviously a negative role model as as a male so that's where um he came in he was fulfilling that need for me but he would he would take the piss out of me as well i remember he used to slap me up and that yeah it gave me some slaps in front of birds and stuff like like proper mugging me off until I got a little bit bigger. Because <laughs> these drugs are going to come in the story yeah. quite a bit, let's call the white smoke mm. and call H Brown. All right, so you were talking about then where you were getting indoctrinated into these this yeah, lifestyle yeah, yeah. where they were like pretending to be family members yeah. for you because yeah. you didn't have a dad, so you mm. looked up on him as your dad kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it was... Yeah, looking up to these, not just him, but certain people where I remember in the back of, um, Audi RS6 estates, yeah, pulling up at post office at like 14 with sledgehammers, ballied up and then sliding as they're like, woof, 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 and driving from the job, sliding on the back seats, like at a very young age. Obviously that the older ones knew that we were game to go straight in there and, and load up the drawers, etc. So, um, that was, that was, life um growing up within the criminal world of of doing jobs i remember i'll come out my my mum's house and there'll be i'll see one of the older boys on the bus and they say come come and then i'll go i'll I'll jump on the bus and then they go in the bank here watch someone draw out 10 15 thousand pound because obviously that's what it was like back then now obviously it's different and then we follow the person we're following them around the the the, the town or whatever and then when they've got in their car because we'd know not to take it off them because in this robbery when then soon as they put it down they're in their car they're at the, at the junction open the door <laughs> gone but then yeah that there's loads of like bank and then um uh state agencies and um yeah just wear drawers with money so this this was what i was it was used to to just making making um the money and then that went up i think things got naughty for me is when i started getting into the relationship with obviously my baby mum 
Before we go there, what happened to your school life? I never went to school. I left at primary school because I just I just crawl off out anyway, and then just I just go. They couldn't hold me. They said they could, the teacher, man, they used to call me Dwayne the Pain. <laughs> <laughs> And I suppose back then they didn't come to your door like they do now, truant officers. Oh, no, 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 they did. They took my mum to court and stuff, but then okay. they give me a home tutor. But I'll be smoking so much green, I'll come down in the morning and then she'll be at the table and then I'll put my, I'll just be sleeping <laughs> at the table. <laughs> <laughs> she'll give up in the end. And then they'd give me like the yacht, yeah? What's like, that? Youth offending, oh. yeah? But I was terrible. They, they, they take me to yacht, right? And then they pull out this video and, and, and camcorder and they put this video on to watch for me to watch. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking, I think I'll have that. Yeah. And then they put it in the cupboard and then I'll go to the toilet. I'll get tissue. I'll slap it on the census. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back that night with my pal. And then where the window, the window opens, I put the toilet roll in the toilet. I put the toilet, the tissue there so you can't see if it's open or closed because it's closed up. And then with that, that night. <laughs> <laughs> we were just we were just naughty we were just naughty we were embedded with this behavior because it was the norm and where we're from that's what happens you rob still you sell drugs you take drugs thank you for watching the podcast here's a word from our sponsor rocket money don't you hate it when you've got subscriptions out there that you don't know about taking all that cash out of your account i recently found out i had four amazon prime subscriptions now i've got it down to one Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending $80 in their subscriptions, when in reality the number is closer to $200. When you're signed up for so many things like streaming services you used to watch one show or free trials for delivery you don't use, it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. That's rocketmoney.com, S-H-A-U-N, rocketmoney.com slash Sean. Thanks for supporting our sponsor. Link is in the description box on YouTube. Back to the podcast. And that's it. And that's all I, that's all I knew. And for all this chaos, was there actually any calm moments in your life? Only when I went secure unit. <laughs> what was your first arrest then? So my first arrest was nine years old. Nine? Yeah. Um, it was before that the police would come, but me and my brother would come downstairs because my mum said, right, the police are coming. They're here. They want to speak to you. And we come down with the pillars over our face because we're laughing. <laughs> come down the stairs because we couldn't. And then anyway, there was burglaring schools at like six, seven because my brother was a little bit older than me. But my first was nine years old. And then from there, the charges started coming. And then I was driving cars at 13. Pillars, loads of pillars. Yeah, to make out that I had size. Driving cars, failing to stop, access us alcohol. And then I'm on road bikes, like VFR 750s. When I'm like 13, I can't even hold the bike up. The olders are giving me the bike and I'm like... And I'm getting um no bash out on and, and, and on these big... um speed bikes and then that's when I got my first DTO for those that don't know it's a, a detention training um, order so it was a secure unit prison for children at the age of 13 because they couldn't get me into court they couldn't get me into court they couldn't give me community orders because I wouldn't turn up I wouldn't turn up to court and then in the end they put me in a riot van they took me to Slough Magistrates they had police at the door police next to me 
And then they give me eight months secure training order, DTO. And that was my first order. And I remember the security guys come, they had a little size on them, two black redders. And when they've come, they've got Stone Island jackets and that. They were all firmed up and that. And then when we're going down Charvey High Street, like they said, do you want something to eat? Do you want some chips? I said, yeah, like that. And then I see my pals. We're going down the Charvey High Street. So I started undoing the window. And then as I'm undoing the window, I should have opened the, I just opened the door because I'd have been faster on my legs. But I've tried to get through the window. They've grabbed my legs. And then I'm shouting, Tristan, I had Tristan, Robert. Like these are the olders that I used to go out with and make money. And then they come, they say, what's up? And then they said, they give me like score or something. They say, just go and do your bird. Do you know what I mean? Because they obviously had a conversation. So that was my first sentence. They went to Vinnie Green in Bristol. I was fighting all the boys in there from Manchester and Bristol. I was a problem. I was just fighting everyone. I'd pick up anything, anything close, anything, a jar or a cup or plastic fork, I'd grab it. Um, this is because this is what I was taught as a kid. If I went in crying saying someone hit me, my mum would give me a clap and tell me to go and fucking hit them back. And if I couldn't do it with my fist, I'd have to go back with a tool. Um, so I'm in the secure unit now. Then I've gone, they sent me to Kent Medway. I'm in Kent, that's group four officers now. In the secure unit, it was more like staff, like children's home staff. You're locked up. But then when I went Kent, it was Medway. It was like staff, group four, staff. And I was a problem there. The kids chucked a yoghurt in the um, the canteen and they're saying there's no football. And I used to love my football. So I've jumped on the, the counter on the tables with plastic knife and forks. I'm causing riots. Then when they're taking us to the unit, because the units are all round, and then when you go to the get your food, you've got to walk from the canteen to your unit. So there's a journey across this big green, all lights, floodlights. When we're taking us back to the units, no football, I'm off. And now they're, they're chasing me. You've got about 20, 30 officers. They're falling in the mud. And then all the kids on the units are going, bam, 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 bam. I've, I've set a trend now. So every time <laughs> they're going to get their food, they're doing the same thing. So they've put me on a unit with teapot teapot was a big steroid head yeah and he was he was sized like that and he's put me on a unit was being refurbished so they've done a bit of solitary confinement for me but they're not allowed to do that they put me on this unit with him he come in my head like you you want it do you yeah and (laughs) he'd put me on the unit with him so i was i was stuck on there for however many weeks because they're trying to teach me a lesson but i still didn't learn I got released from there and then I've gone um, back onto this. I've got home. So yacht workers dropped me off home. I said, all right, mum. All right, see you later. I'm off. Yeah, back to the older boys. I remember knocking at his door and they're, they're sleeping still. And they've already done moves the night before. They got like dustbin full of snout cigarettes because we used to do smash and grabs. Be I put the car through the shut, I'll bam and load up, but load up thing. So then I'm with them and I'm, I'm back at it the same, the same, the same day. And then back back at it and then felt them as soon as I turned 15 the police had me bam felt them 15 and that was a bit different than the security units and I thought wow because there was buses pulling up at Feltham there was buses it was like cattle of us buses and buses every 15 minutes and then there's like 95% of the jail was obviously black so I was kind of all right because I was game and plus obviously my old man's black I'm light-skinned so I was I was all right but there was like we're waiting in the waiting room and it was like the Americans because they'd have trays you put the mash in there you put the beans in there and then there was boys from 15 to 21 so there was some lumps in there 
so that's when it hit me when I got walked back to the cell and the door closed and I thought wow it was just the the bed the bars it was a dark night and I thought how's my life come to this but there's one thing that I remember because the next day I must have been in the cell doing what I'm doing and then there was a poem on the wall and it said if you smoke crack you'll be back if you think I'm joking keep on smoking <laughs> I must have thought they were joking because I carried on smoking <laughs> and then I was in and out of yeah, in and out of jail for almost 17 years I've probably done about 12 years behind the door 16th birthday 18th birthday 21st birthday I remember my 18th birthday because the, the mother of my kids come up with some puff and she got nicked and then I've gone back to my cell in Reading, YOY Reading. I've gone back to my cell with the baguette and I just dashed it in the bin and, and then just went asleep. That was my 18th. So all the the ages of young people growing up in the normal world that will have their 16th and they will do school and they will go to Iron Up or Ibiza and all that stuff there. I never done it because all them birthdays, I was banged up. I'd done 10 Christmases consecutive in a row. It became normal. To eat with a plastic knife and fork. Can you recall every single one of those charges? It was, it was, you know, the majority of it was, was stupidity where my head gasket was popping because it would be like dangerous driving, failing to stop, access alcohol, robbery, um, firearms with intent to cause fear of violence. Because if anything went, if any moves happen and there was three, four men have run up in a house and took people's drugs, who are they calling? They're saying it's me. And it's after time, it's not even me. <laughs> then I've got people on my phone saying, oh, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, what? I've been... So then I'm doing certain things. And this job weren't even me. So anyone that was getting run up for their drugs, then I'm getting accused for it. So then I'm having to do certain things. And the job weren't even... It weren't even me. But because I was... My name was ringing and I was at it. And um, after the... When I got chopped with a machete and I knew that no one, these people weren't my friends. I never had no friends. The people that I thought were my friends, they weren't my friends. I was living in an illusion. When I woke up from that, I didn't care about anyone. I'd rob anyone. I didn't care. I'd, 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 I'd sell you goods. And then I asked you to call me a taxi and they'd weigh me in the dough. Yeah. For the goods. And I asked them to call me for a taxi and then I'll go with the goods and the dough that they just paid me. I'll take people's food and I'll sell it back to him later. I just had that I don't give up in me. And it was stuck in me. And it was the driving force of all my behavior. I didn't realize at the time that it was my trauma was the driving force of my behavior and the drugs, etc. How did you meet the woman that you got pregnant? She was on the estate. She was a good girl. She had a good mum, good wrapped in cotton wool. But she obviously was attracted to the girls that were about it and then obviously the guys you know good girls like bad boys and then she obviously yeah was with the fella before before me the one that set up the, the job so she must have still had the feelings there in the first place because she she saw she used to see him before we got together and hanged around with her sister so that muggy stuff um and then we were together and then me and him were doing bird together. So then when we're doing bird, 
yeah, before this incident happens, she's coming up on a visit and these girls over there and she's, she, she probably wanted them anyway because of the sisters. You know, some people want brands. You know, like on the estate, you've got girls that want brands. You've got girls that want the, the guy that's got the, loads of the sisters or that's got a firm or the family name. But I was a one-man soldier. I weren't, I weren't, I didn't have no family. I was, this is me, raw as it is. And this is what you get in the estates. You get people that just jump, girls that jump on the guys that have got a little bit of a, a road name and road brand and then you've got obviously there's people jumping on it's all just fake it's all just it's all moody but i was that guy to be on my own i didn't care if there was firms i remember one time i remember do you remember when we was on the um what's it called like you could be jumping in as well you know uh, no i can't was it not yeah yeah, yeah jump in whenever you want oh, i well, didn't know that i've yeah, just yeah. been staying yeah. silent no so, no you're welcome uh, to say whatever you want no, no, no. we was we was um in a taxi and we was about two o'clock in the morning you know we get alcohol at them places at early hours so we've stopped there to get some alcohol there's me there's mel her friend and her friend fella from birmingham and when we stopped i see these two fellas with these two birds but these birds I know their, I know their fella. So I'm not feeling this now. I'm all about principle. Till the day I die, that's why my artist name's Truth, right? Yeah. I see the two guys with the two birds, but the two birds, I know their, I know their fellas. Yeah. And I didn't like that because I felt that like, like, like it was me, like it was my portrayal on me. It's probably bringing something up in me because I don't like all that stuff. So I jumped in the car and I gave him a bit of slap. Yeah. I think I pulled a ball out. I'll give him a bit of slap anyway. Yeah, because we was all high, we was drinking, etc. And we didn't think nothing of it. We've gone back to Mel's house. We're in the house. Guess what? There's a heavy mob outside. Yeah? Yeah? There's about a bag of mans, about five mans like that. I thought, here we go. Her fella, her, her friend's fella is decamped out the back door. <laughs> I've gone straight in the kitchen drawer. Boom. Got the ball. I put it down my back and I've walked out there. I've walked out there, I jumped in the back of their motor and I sat in the back seats and said, come on, let's go away from here. Do you understand? That's how game I was. Yeah. yeah. That's how game I was. How did they react to that? They jumped in the car and yeah. then we went. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but we were driving anyway. We're having these conversations. It would have got naughty. It would have got sticky. Yeah. Because even I'll be real with you. I'll be totally real with you. Because even when I had the borer down my back, they were, they were surrounding me. So one of them's come behind because I can't have eyes in the back of my head and gone and pulled the ball right at the back. So now I'm unarmed, but I still jumped in the back of the motor because that was me. And that's how, I, that's, that's how I am now. I'm all or nothing. That's why when I obviously made a transition, I'm all or nothing. When I was in that dark world, I did not care about my own life. I'd have people coming up in the house, pulling straight up in, 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 I'll be upstairs. Mel said the door's gone, but I see some heads on the, on the, on, on the camera. And I said, well, now nah, that looks dodgy. But anyway, the door's open. Boom. Man are up there with a the dotty. Come in the house. Yeah. And then I've come around the stairs and said, what are you doing? Yeah. I've walked out the house with him. I said, you can't do that. You're nuts. I said, you lot ain't even done no bird. You've done no bird. You think you can pull, pull straps out and, and, and steal my stripes? Are you nuts? <laughs> I walked out the house and as I'm walking out the house, because these times it was a mad, a mad moment in our lives. Mel's move. Oh, anyway. Yeah. So it's a mad moment. I'm walking up the road with them into the field now and I'm walking like that and I'm dropping loads of money because I was doing bits and pieces at the time. There's notes dropping on the floor. And then my man saying, oh, you're dropping your money. I said, I don't give a fuck about my money. What are you talking about? So I'm leaving the money. As I'm dropping the money's falling out of my pockets. 
I'm not even, I don't give a fuck about the money. I don't give a fuck. You're trying to steal my energy, bruv. You're nuts. <laughs> I've walked up in, I've gone into the field. I said, what are you playing at? Boom, boom, boom. I said, go and tell your mum. And he's like, oh no, anyone that's disrespect us owes us money. Raw, 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 raw. I said, well, come on then. Let's go and eat some people. Let's go. And they were like, no, no, no. And they weren't, they, they, they didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a prime example that like times where I could have just lost my life, where they're pulling things out. I remember another time. I'm like, where are you? Boom, boom, boom. I say I'm in the beaches. See the Burnham beaches? Beaches are, right? Where there's like country lanes, yeah? Where it's dark. You take the police there, you turn off your lights. Yeah, so then they can't see you. You know, every drop in the road, you know, every bend. So you don't even need to use your lights. So I say I'm at the beaches. Come to the beaches, yeah? They don't want to come to the beaches. They want to come to the place where there's CCTV everywhere. And in the end, it's pissed me off so much. I said, all right, I'll come. I've gone there. I got out of my car. My top's off like that. I said, what's wrong with you, bruv? Yeah, he's pulled out like a Chrome 38, like a boom. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm trying to grip it off of him. Yeah. And as I'm trying to grip it off of him, he's, and I'm, I'm in my car here. I'm in the car. The door's there. And I'm trying to grip the thing off him because I got in the car and he's come. And as I'm trying to grip it like that, and I was that close. He's calling his pal anyway. His pal's come anyway. They managed to get the thing, get the thing. He was lucky. I've gone, I've gone, yeah, all right. Because he ain't even letting off, right? So then I've gone, I've gone about my business. That was that, was that time. And then there was another time where I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm, in, the, um, I'm in a flat. People were setting me up because my head gasket was popped. People were saying where I am and all that because I just didn't give a f- anyway. So people were setting me up. Anyway, next minute, bash hats. Mans have come through the door. They've got bash hats on. But I'm, I'm that guy that I just didn't care about my own life. I remember I've took someone's parcel before and I took their parcel. I've gone to their house. I knocked in the morning. I've gone in there. I said, yeah, I'll build up a spliff, put some tunes on, some gangster tunes, because that's obviously, I was a bit crazy at the time. Yeah. We put the tunes on and then I'm, I've pulled out my board. I said, I said, look at my tattoos and pull down. Look at my legs. Look, look, look. I'm just checking that he ain't got no tools on him. So anyway, we're sitting down and then I'm obviously demanding money. And I was like, boom. And then I got someone to write the thing. We found his belly in the bedroom under the thing. And then I'm saying, where's your logbook for your car, bruv? Yeah. And then he's all like, then anyway, getting a logbook for the car, taking him away. And just, I was just naughty. I was just, I was just, just naughty. And then all of a sudden, people were jumping on the bandwagon for him saying, oh, it was my grub, rah, rah, rah. I said, I don't give a fuck, mate. I said, if I do a bank robbery, do you think I'm giving the money back? Yeah. And then, and then, oh, I, oh, I'll go and get my strap, oh, this, that, and the other. I say, go and get your strap. I'm doing my drugs in the house. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be here waiting for you anyway. I've ripped my top. I, I just ripped my top. I'd rip my top off and tell them shoot me. There was plenty of times where I nearly, I just didn't care. I didn't care because the life that I was living was so dark. I don't care if I go. And I think that's why I become such a problem because of that. I don't give a anyway. So people were like thinking. This guy's off his rocker. Does Dwayne remind you of Wild Man? Yeah, I was just thinking that when you said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a friend like this. Yeah, yeah. He's dead now because um, yeah. of the way he lived. I died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wild self. Well, um, so you met the woman you got pregnant. Yeah. What happened next? So when I met uh, the mother of my children, um, yeah, I was in, I was in jail because I only just got with her kind of thing it wasn't even serious but then I went jail and then um yeah she was there for me through the prison sentence so then obviously yeah she's my girl etc and then that's when I when I got out of jail after doing she was she was there for me 
I looked after me, etc. And then I got out. How old are you at this point? I'm like, say 18, 18, 19. Um, now nah, 18. And then, um, yeah, she fell pregnant. And I was like, we'll go and see, get, but I want proof from the doctor or whatever. I'm not hearing any of that. Anyway, proof come back. She was pregnant. But I was, remember, I'm a madman now. That's still at that age. I didn't even think I was going to live till I was 25. So now she said she, she was pregnant and I'm still at it. I'm smoking greens. First off license when I get picked up from the jail, I'll get a dragon stout bomb. Smoking green. I was getting puffed up. I was always had, when I was doing my, prison sentences even as a yo i was that guy for green or for puff and um yeah so got out and then um that's when i started thinking okay i'll go to, i'll go to work so and then i got a job in the mars factory but i'm doing my bits and pieces on the side and then that's when um summertime i'm outside the the london and i got that call saying um that the bookies got robbed and straight away, like my sixth cent, I've always had this thing where I've always been tapped in, probably get to that later, but I just knew something inside. So then that's when I questioned her, when she come back, how were they moving? What did they look like? A, B and C, and she gave me a bag of lies to how the people looked and moved that robbed the bookies because all along it was it was her. She set it up and she even like this is how stupid that she was as well she even i done a i done a move before and i said to her get rid of this when you leave the house get rid of this trainer so basically it come on top i was on a move i had someone parked around the corner i'm on the move on my own because that's how i used to work my majority of the time i had someone around the corner in the car right around the corner i've gone in on this job and as i'm in there i've demanded the money as i'm demanding the money i've took the money and then i'm going to the door i've got my belly on and i'm pushing the door but you gotta pull the door the heroes come from the back because he's seen from the cctv and then i'm fighting with a hero now and then he's ripped my belly i think my belly off my head yeah i managed to smash the panel in the door and get out and then he's ripped my trainer off so he's got one trainer and the belly so then when i've gone back i've told her to get rid of the 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 trainer and the belly she's she's took it home because she wasn't she wasn't about it she weren't about it so she took it home anyway long story short when the police have come to raid her house they've raided her house because of the job the 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 um bookies so she's got nicked for the bookies because they gave her some dough but they've gave her coins <laughs> what a plonker yeah when i think now nah, she could have set me up with a move i'm not like justifying anything but anyway yeah <laughs> they found all coins so she's banged to rights now conspiracy of robbery yeah conspiracy of robbery and then obviously i've got my charge where i've just been thinking they found the trainer they've linked everything a b and c um she obviously didn't blow bubbles on on who she set the moves up with etc so she got conspiracy of robbery i think she got nine months or something along them lines she's pregnant with my child now yeah so she's done the wrongs towards me yeah the portrayal with the people she's got nick for the job that she done with them i'm banged up now as well um 
looking at three years but then obviously all that beef that I mentioned earlier that's like I've got the scar on my face now I'm doing a two-year sentence she's finishing her bird I think my child may have yeah so then she's finishing her bird anyway got out and then I'm doing my prison sentence did she give birth in jail no she got she got out yeah listen to the karma for her yeah she got out of prison whilst I was doing it and then she's bringing me puffing yeah she's bought some greening and she's got nicked on the visit yeah so then now my my son's having to go to my mum's to to live because she's gone to jail now for for another three months or whatever for the um bringing into HM prisons and the thing is, what you've got to understand is, she's a good girl. Quiet girl, obviously it's the quiet ones you've got to watch out for. But she was a quiet girl, mum and dad, nuclear family, not in that criminal world. And now she's been in jail twice. The one for what she done, yeah? And um, yeah, so then that's, that happened. And then I'm doing my bird, comes to the end. Um, she was just playing games. I think she had it in for me. She wanted the brother all along. You know, that the, the, the fella, her friend. She wanted because she had it in for me. She was supposed to call my, my boy Dwayne, Dwayne Jr. She called him bloody Shane and changed the, you do it, S-H instead of D-A-Y-N-E. But the games that were played. So I'd done my bird. I was angry. I was angry doing my bird anyway. Got out of jail. Same shit. There was obviously domestics going on and stuff like that. And then when I've got out, I've gone into the, the local to a pub, club, wine bar. The guy said, where are you from? I said, oh, I'm from Slough. You don't you think, she goes, oh, my baby mum lives up here. Who's your baby mum? I said, you won't know her. She's not from around here. What's her name? Oh, yeah, I know her. Rock. Oh, blimey. All that caper. Yeah. So me and her just never worked because it was just betrayal, betrayal. So then in the end, I'm just a madman now. It's like my... Like, I could be stabbed, shot, chopped, yeah? I'll brush it off, yeah? Because it's my stuff on the streets. But when it comes to, um, like, female, that was my weakness, my, my, my kryptonite, yeah? Is obviously within the relationships because of the portrayal and obviously my mum later on in life, I knew, I understood because I'd done some work on myself that it was due to that I wanted that love and stuff for, for my mum. But then I found it and then you'd sabotage the relationships. Um, so, I walked out of that relationship. I, I come away. I come away from it, and um, I met another lovely lady, <laughs> <laughs> Melanie. So, yeah. how old were you in the story when you met Melanie? So, with um, there, I done my recalls, etc., and then I got out, and then um, I met Mel when I was twenty-three. How did yeah. you guys meet then? On the estate, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. she was from the same place where yeah. we lived to. We lived in the same, same area. And will it make sense when Mel tells the story? Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we we lived in the same area. I met Mel. Um, she was she was at it, doing what she was doing. Um, she was good. Obviously, still is. Um, good looking lady. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, and it just kind of, it just kind of happened. It weren't meaning meaning to happen, but it kind of happened. It was like two stars colliding. The Big Bang. But I'm not talking theory. Do you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was like the Big Bang. So I'm I'm at it now. I'm a problem. I'm out doing moves, A, B, and C, and then I got one nice move and I bought some some drugs. I'm selling the drugs. I built up a line. So now that's maintaining me. And then obviously Mel's doing 
her thing. I leave it to for her to share. Um, she's doing her thing, but I'm hot. Yeah, Mel wasn't hot like that. Mel was doing her thing. She wasn't hot. She carried herself a certain way. She had certain certain clientele. It wasn't like that. But now I'm red hot. I'm that guy, madman. No one really not, likes me. It's all fake love and all that through fear. And um, I'm doing my thing. We've got together. And now I have certain like principles and certain way that I want my woman to, to move. So she'd call everyone babes. Like, do you know what I mean? She'd be like, babes, babes. And I'll be like, no, you can't be calling man babes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So there was, there was like, it was... Our relationship was at first it was obviously chaoticness it was it was just chaos but then when this chaos was happening she had insecurities i had insecurities so i'm i'm we're just we're just at it with each other we'd be in the club i'm in the toilets nosing it up she's booting the car, the, the toilet door off because i'm in there with another a couple of people there's one bird in there it's not my bird it's obviously the guy's bird but everyone's like nosing it up She's coming in with her high heels and booting the, 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 the door off. Where am I? Where is he? Do you understand? So that's the kind of thing. And then running up the taxis, like we were at it with, with each, with each other. We had insecurities and jealousy. So then I'll get, I'll get nicked. I'll be on remand. And then she could drop the charges. Charges get dropped back out. And then it was just back and forwards. I'm in the jail. She's dropping people parcels for me so i'm in the jail living nice got parcels got phones and stuff like that she's doing her thing and then we were just in in chaos yeah i was a i was a madman taking drugs selling drugs proper madman she was doing her work and and stuff i know when you i know obviously when you when you go to jail in the cultures where you come from yeah that's how it is. Yeah, people ain't loyal in that world that we come from. And that's how it is. But I kind of tried to swallow things back. But then when I deep down, like I knew I'd get out, I'd probably treat her horrible because I knew what was going on. I knew what happened in that world. I didn't know bits and pieces and I'd know certain things. So I'd be horrible. There was times when I was in the hotel with Mel and I'd get prostitutes called up to the hotel. It's a simple fact knowing that I know that she's done things. Yeah. And I'll get prostitutes called up to the hotel whilst, whilst she's there because I was in a dark place. And, and that's what I was doing to say, all right, you've done that. Well, here you go. Have a taste of your own medicine. How's it feel? And that's just the life that we was in. And then we were just at it with each other. I'm in jail. And do you know one thing? that I can say obviously I love Mel to bits because she's like my companion my 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 everything yeah of what we went through it was like we were we were both of our each other's like heroes people thought I came to destroy Mel and take all her money but what they didn't realize is that I wanted what's best for Mel I didn't want people to take advantage of Mel I didn't want people to to take advantage of Mel. So I was putting things in place like I was like her father. And then the same thing with Mel for me. She was like my mum. She wanted to to nurture me and and to care for me and A, B and C. And that was the core of our relationship. That's what we wanted. But we had all this darkness around us. We had all these agents, Smiths around us, pretending to be friends. They didn't want me and Mel together. Thanks for watching our podcast. This is a word from our sponsor, Shopify. I feel like I'm missing out because everyone is starting a side hustle or their own business these days. And you know what they're hearing a lot? That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. 
the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling books or events like us, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can successfully grow your business. Shopify covers all your sales channels from a shopfront-ready POS system to its all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify even gets you selling across social media marketplaces like Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Full of the industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without learning new skills in design or coding. And thanks to 24-7 help and with an extensive business course library, Shopify is ready to support your success every step of the way. Look, there's so many options out there to expand your business these days. And what's lovely about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify will be there to empower you with the confidence and control to take your business to the next level. It's time to get serious about selling and get Shopify today. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a £1 per month trial period at shopify.co.uk forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.co.uk slash Sean to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.co.uk forward slash Sean. That's the word from our sponsor. Thanks for watching. Link in description. Back to the podcast. They didn't want me and Mel together because Mel was like a wag. Mel's like a wag. She's pulling up. She's got Gucci stilettos, Gucci bag. She's in high performance cars. She was a star. She was a star doing her thing. So when I come along, they're like, nah, it was like a war. So then when I'm banged up, guess what? Hyenas are on her. They're on her. Because they didn't, no one liked me anyway. And then the thing is, they, all these little, like, wannabe gangsters sell a few tickets and all that, all these little sweet boys, yeah. But the thing is, they're wannabe gangsters. There was, there was never, do you understand? And they would take advantage on the vulnerability. And that's why I'd always just swallow my pride because I knew I love Mel to pieces. And she was there for me. She'd ride, she'd die for me. And then obviously, that's when things just went on. And she knew that I had goodness within me as well. Because when I'd go to jail, there was periods where I'd be at it. I'd be moving bits and pieces, phones like that, living good, selling loads of drugs. But then there was times where I'm all or nothing. I'm done with that. I'd go to the chapel, I'd read, read, read the Bible. I would... um. I read self-help section in the thing. I'd even go to the mosques, Bismillah. I'd be doing everything because I wanted change. I wanted it bad because of the darkness and the hell that I was in. And in the end, I'd have periods. I'm no good, healthy, not smoking, not drinking. Stay away from me. I'll get out. And Mel's still doing what she's doing. So I'm going back into that world. I'm going to the gym. But then before I know it, you monkey see, monkey do. You are the company you keep. So then before you know it, if you're skating on the pond in the winter, it's all iced up, you're skating on it, before you know it, it's going to give way. You sit in the hairdressers long enough, you're going to get your hair cut. So I was going back to the same environment and before you know it, I was getting weak. I'd lose my powers and then I'd go back to square one, taking drugs, we'd be at it, fighting. I'd even go into the... um 
I'd have I'll be selling loads of drugs at this place, yeah, and matey boy had some serious dough, so I'm right. Mel's cooking me food, so I'll go there because I need to get my charger. And I'll go in to get my charger. I say, babes, I'll be back in a bit. She goes, your dinner's here. What do you mean? <laughs> she goes, your dinner's here. What do you mean? I goes, I'm going. She will t- start attacking me and I'd have to run. Yeah. <laughs> Jump in the car. She's attacking the car. So this is how it was with us. Yeah. We were at it together. But deep down, there was that, that something. I don't know what it was, but there was something that's bringing us together. So then I'm in and out of jail. She's out doing her thing. And then... I'd be, I'd be out. And then sometimes there was one time, this, I think this was coming to the ending. Yeah. Of when the transition happened. I remember we've been in the, in the taxi. I'm, I'm hotting Mel up. I think it was my birthday. Actually, we were in, um, West London. My brother was doing a gig because he was a singer. God rest his soul. Daniel Prince. He was doing a thing in the West End and there's all paparazzi outside. He's doing his thing. We've got VIP. We've gone in there and then we've come out and then. We've gone back to our house. We're doing drugs. We're drinking alcohol. And then I've wanted to be a plonker and jump in the car, drink and drive and go and get something. And then we got chased by police. And then when we got chased by police, I've said to everyone, if there's anyone in the car that's got anything, get it out the motor. So, cause obviously I'm driving, trying to lose them. I've decamped anyway. And then we've all got nicked and the, one of the boys chucked his bits and pieces in the car and we've all gone nicked for conspiracy and all this mm-hmm. nonsense so then i've gone jail again mel's um out anyway long story short the charges got dropped and then i'll be out again we're at the petrol station or stop to get some alcohol i'm getting on it she don't want to be around me when i'm getting on it i've gone into the the the, the news agents to get the um drink she drove off in a taxi and left me. Mm. So I've gone to, I've gone now, I've got mad. I've gone to her spot. I've gone to her spot. A matey boy has grabbed the grub and he's jumped in the car, but it's dark. Yeah. It's, it's in a dark place. Like, and I've jumped in the passenger of the car. He's gone, please don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. And I goes, and he's giving me the parcel. He's giving me the parcel. So now I'm in a hotel and I'm sniffing. And I've got like about a bar of. And I'm call it, we're going to call it white. white. Yeah, white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm sniffing this, sniffing, sniffing, and my head gasket's popping now. Mm. I'm actually um, breathing in the top, thinking if they can hear me outside breathing. So then mm. I started getting all psychosis, etc. And then she wouldn't come near me because I was obviously a madman. No one would come near me, not even man them to come to have a session and drink. And I got all the drugs and money in the world. Come party. They wouldn't come. Because I was like Jack on Hyde. Yeah. So then in the end, I ended up just going out, going out and doing some mad robberies. Yeah. And I'd have a balaclava. I'll go into places, demand the money and then walk up the road. I have no getaway car. I walk up the road and walk in the pub and say, can you order me a triple brandy and Coke and call me a taxi, please? And then jump in a taxi and then go on a mad one. And that's when I got banged up. So now 2012, I'm banged up. Mel's out there doing her stuff. And then I, I tapped out. I tapped out. I surrendered. I, I, I totally um, surrendered. And before that, I was running up on people. The yard, he's got out of the, the, the window. He's got to his gun. He shot a uh, uh, sawn off a shotty. It's got the bottom of my foot. I'm nearly losing my life. What was that over? I tried to rob some people. And it's bare face as well. I was that thingy. I didn't, sometimes I'm not even ballied because I just didn't care. So I've gone and these are some of the people that I knew that I grew up with. 
but I just felt so hurt and thing from I didn't have no love from anyway. So I've gone in and I've done um I've um yeah, the yardies jumped out and I'm gone to j- jump in my car. I've heard <laughs> but when I've heard <laughs> I didn't feel it at first. I jumped in my car and I'm trying to see where my other power was, but and I'm driving up and down. But I can't find him. But then long story short, when I got back to the house, I come I got back to the house and then my um I've been hit and there's lead in my foot, all in my bones, hot, boiling hot. And then armed police have pulled up. I don't know how they knew I was there. I was just on on top. Everyone was snitching on me. Everyone was just hotting me up and wanted me out. And then armed police come, the curtains open and then the red laser beams and then I got nicked. They took me to hospital and then uh, they the surgeon took some the lead out with um tweezers but then they left some of it in there so i've got like 30 40 pieces of shrapnel still in my foot now on tight trainers you can feel it so yeah i got i got shot on that that bit of um work there but they were my people i was moving a bit muggy because they were my they were like my people that i grew up with they just weren't there for me but i had that in me where the drugs messed my head up i didn't care about anyone so obviously they forgive me because they even came to my brother's funeral when he passed. But it was just muggy. They knew who I was really deep down inside without the drugs. So that happened um, there. I think I even tried to even go back. I even went back there to do the same same move, same people. And it come on top. And then I ended, I ended up getting done up. And I remember waking up. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember filling all the cable lines, the phone lines, going to time and and then next minute, because I was drunk out my head buzzing, next minute I've woke up, I was with someone else, I woke up and there was this claret all on me, all up on the walls. It was like something from a movie. Yeah, there was blood everywhere. I managed to get up, leave the place, yeah, and get someone to come and get me or whatever. But I was just moving, I was just moving reckless and just at one point my head gasket was pop that much and I believe it was obviously contribution with the women thing if anything if if, if if me and my relationship's good with my missus I'm good and then if it wasn't then it was just creating the driving force so that was um that was that and then obviously leading up to the then I got I got banged up 2012 and um I tapped out I surrendered to life before we get to that, let's just get some of Mel's input because there's a podcast coming out soon, Female Kingpin of Slough, something like along yeah. those lines. <laughs> People like thinking, who is this woman sat there right now? Yeah. So let me just, Mel had her own uh, alleged criminal enterprise, let's say. Yeah. And um, did you think he was bringing heat to that then when you first met him? When I first met him, I didn't think of that. But then... As time went on, he was just bringing so much heat to me. I had armed police come into my house. He just put everything on top. And before that, my life was just so plain sailing and like I felt untouchable. You know, I was just living life. And then he brought so much heat, didn't you? Yeah. Well, did that make you rethink the relationship because the heat kept coming? Um, I think at points yeah I was thinking I can't do this no more because it was just crazy but I was a bit crazy myself you know because obviously from my childhood which we will go into but I was just a bit crazy myself insecurities jealousy I had a lot of domestic violence with all of my boyfriends because 
my dad's, you know, so I saw a lot of that at home. So I attracted that in my life. So it was like, I loved him so much and there was something special there because I knew the real him. Do you see? I, I knew the real Dwayne deep in when he didn't, weren't on drugs. So I wanted the real Dwayne, but I didn't want the life either anymore because it was just bringing too much heat. And plus, I think it was, I was fed up with that lifestyle anyway. I was quite done with it at this point because I didn't want to go to prison. No one does, but I just knew that, yeah, I didn't want it anymore. So when he was going in and out of prison then, when he was in prison, did that give you like breathing space? Yeah, it was like I could chill. (laughs) 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 It was a holiday. Yeah, Yeah, it was. It was breathing space. But I think as well, I was still felt like trapped. I was looking over my shoulder. Like I just feel like I wasn't myself. Um, I didn't know who I was. I didn't have any identity, you know. I just thought I'm this you know, ghetto girl in the, in, in the hood, like, doing my thing. Like, I felt untouchable and, yeah, I don't know. Were you getting high on your own supply as well? So, not really, was I? No. no, I didn't really do that kind of stuff. Like, I used to go out and drink. That was my thing. I would drink with all the girls and go out. And I wasn't. I wasn't really one to, to do all that. No, she weren't. No. Not the whole, the no. whole thing. It was she more, more sensitive. I had, yeah, I had experiences when I was younger that, that put me off that and I just didn't, I just didn't do it. So you were yeah. more sensible. I was then. more sensible. Yeah. Apart from when I had a drink, I was just a bit crazy. Were yeah. you as fearless as Dwayne? I would say, yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. There'd be t- the, no, 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 no. Nah, you wouldn't be, f- um, I wouldn't be fearless. When it comes to us others, or thingy, then you'll be, you'll be fearless. But, but if there's anything else. But I think with, with males, yeah, I was fearless. I mean, like with even relationships. my other relationships yeah, yeah, and fearless. partners and stuff like that, I wouldn't care. There would even be times where my sister, when she was younger, would come back and say, a boy's bullying her or he's doing this. I'll go around the shop, I'll smash him in his face and then I'll get bottles out of the um, the wine shop to, to whack over his head because I just didn't care. Yeah, I was, mm. I had it in me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you get to this big prison stretch now, as yeah. it were. Yeah. 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 You have your awakening. Now, were you at that point as well in your so, life? When he had his awakening in prison yeah. and his realisation, were you at that point? So I kind of was at that point no, because... You what are you talking no, about? No, 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 wait. Not with doing what I was doing, but I mean, spiritually, I... No, no, I was dead. Spiritually? No, it was when I called you up on the visit, yeah? Because I was, I, was I, I was in the jail doing my thing and then I had that moment. Yeah? We'll explain no, what the moment... I know that, oh, but what I'm saying is... When Dwayne was in and out of prison for when he was in my life, so he was going in for six months, then coming out, and I get that breathing space. But within that time, he showed me, like, because oh, yeah, he used yeah. to go to chapel and stuff like that. Because I didn't, my my mum and that was atheist, so I didn't know about God. But he would talk to me about God. You know, we'd have them one to one moments about God, even though I wasn't like that way. But I kind of then started to get to know like oh maybe he is real do you see what I mean so yeah I wasn't spiritually awakened or anything like that that happened to me but I knew there was something else out there and you were both done at that point yeah and I I was done to the point where I couldn't live this life no more like yeah both of us but it needed for what happened with Dwayne 
for them me to then make mm. that choice what was yeah. your what was your mindset going into this prison then first my mind it was gone my my head gasket was yeah. popped i burnt every single bridge so it was stripped so i'm in the cell i've been stripped battered by life and with 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 nothing and well, i maybe wouldn't even go was... near him at one point yeah because i had had enough because of all that you know like i've stabbed him i've like bit his nose I've um, just done so much, run you over on the bike, didn't yeah. I? I've just tried to really hurt him because of all the anger inside me but as well. But then I've obviously done stuff and had guns and yeah, yeah, with a gun so and stuff like that. It's and been very like serious. Been and yeah. to a point, like, my family was just like, you need to think now, what is it you want? So at one point, I did, didn't I? Yeah. Like, we, I think it was about, we didn't speak to each other about... Because even once, one stage, we were... We were, we were we were at it. She was at my mum's house and I was on a mad one. And um, they got me nicked. Yeah. And then I was on remand. And now the jails, they've said, the police have got involved. And they said, right, we're locking him off now. We're not letting him use the phone. So I couldn't even use the blue phone. I could only call my solicitor. Yeah. yeah, they locked me off. I couldn't have visits or anything. Because usually we'd have visits and then drop charges, A, B, C. And then we'd sort things out. But, but the, this time... The police, the Crown Prosecution, they weren't having it. They locked me off. And then they had them. They got my mum. They got um, her, my sister, to go QE on me. Yeah. And then they turned up in court behind the things. But obviously I have abilities and, 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 and powers as well. <laughs> I like the way you just touched on that slightly. Yeah, so I've gone to court and and they lifted me up. They took me up, but they I was on the warning list for two weeks. Yeah, that means you can get picked up at any time yeah. for court within them two weeks. But on my board, I put the seventeenth. Yeah, on my board, they come and got me on the seventeenth. <laughs> now, obviously, I'm doing my meditation and stuff like that, but I've gone to court. And the security guy said, cool, blimey, I've gone down to see my solicitor. She, he said, you might as well plead guilty, yeah, because you've got your people that are going QE on you. He said, the jury, you may as well go. And I said, what do you mean? I said, I'm going home, mate. He goes, well, you, you need to plead guilty. I said, no, I'm not, I'm not pleading guilty. Are you crazy? I said, how can you go in the ring with your hands down? You're going to get, I said, A, B, and C, we went up because obviously Mel cut her finger, yeah? And then, the, you know what they do? Police make a mountain out yeah. of a mole and want to get big charges. So I'm up for um, Section 18 with intent. Yeah. They're not tri- They're not trialing yeah. me for six, Section 18 with intent. They're section, with Section 18 with intent, Section 20 alternative and A, B and C. Yeah? Yeah. It was really So serious. we've gone in and I've done my stuff. They've done their stuff and I got not guilty on all accounts. And... um. Then obviously got back out, and then that's when um, yeah. Sorry, I've so gone. that you've gone off, yeah. So you went in prison, but you're in a bad way. Oh yes, yeah. And then you had an epiphany. Yeah, so we're talking about that now. Yeah, so you've gone back from when you went into prison, and you were still. Okay, so then when I've gone to when I've gone to jail for the final time, I've gone to jail. No one will come near me. Not Mel. No one. And then. I prayed out. And now I've gone to the mosque. I've gone to the self-help section of the library. I prayed out to whoever I was praying out to. And when I went to sleep, I went to sleep that night and I was vibrating from head to toe. The only feeling that I can explain because I've took every drug under the sun is pure ecstasy, MDMA running through my body. But I'm in the prison cell and I'm sober and there's no one else in the cell. And then I woke up the next day and then I must have been watching like Hollyoaks, EastEnders. There weren't Love Island back then. And then 
I was watching this. I thought, what's this nonsense that I'm watching? So I unplug the TV and I put it by the door. I give him the TV. So now I'm meditating. I'm reading the word of God. And then they're doing their road check at 6.45. They're thinking, who's this guy? Because I'm the happiest guy in the jail. They're doing their road check. I'm there and I'm meditating. And now I'm becoming the happiest guy in the jail. I'm facilitating programs. I'm doing this, changing people's lives, reading the books. I'm just glowing. If they And then... Bit by bit, I thought, well, I'm not glambling. I'm not ticking this, ticking burn double, but I'll keep it. My, and then I'm walking around the exercise yard and they're talking bullshit. I said, listen, if you talk about crime, talk about anything, come away from me, brother. I don't want to know because I've done it all my life. Come away from me. So they're saying, oh, he's gone off his rocker. But I'm not. I'm just not putting up with one of this bullshit talk about crime, this, that and the other. So now, obviously, I'm in a relationship with Mel. I've called Mel up on a visit and I said, um, we should come on a visit. Yes, and I sir. said, um... Mel, go on. Yeah, so he called me up on the visit. Did he sound different? He was just completely humble. And it was just so nice to see, you know, it was just this humble spirit and it was just really authentic. And he was just like, I love you. I want to be with you, but literally you cannot do what you're doing anymore. It's like me or that. It's a choice. So that was the hardest thing that I, like, you know, I had to choose because I was going, what about if I give the phone lines to someone, I still keep the money? Because I was I was addicted to that lifestyle. I was, mm. I was addicted to it. I didn't know nothing else. It was how I lived for so many years. So I didn't know anything else. So for me, he's had the spiritual awakening, you know, he's he's fine, but I haven't. I still had to go on my journey. So he was like, no, me or nothing. I said, okay, I'll do it. Because obviously I really loved him and I did want change. So I thought I'm going to have to do what he says because I know it's for my good. Hmm. So I moved to Surrey, didn't I, in Weybridge. Um, my friend was a broker, uh, moved in her house, um, had to get a normal job, um, just had to start again fresh with nothing, just just from nothing. Yeah. And it was hard. And was it, was it gradual, your transformation, or would you say it was almost overnight? Mine. His was like, yours was My, like- Mine was overnight. From that experience with that the light, it happened overnight, but then it was a gradual dropping things out, like the ticking the burn of doing this and swearing and this, that, and the other. Obviously, I'll come back in the world now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, everything started dropping off. Do you understand? Bit by bit. And then I'm helping people change their life within the jail. And I'm just not entertaining anything to do with that world. I weren't entertaining. If you got drugs or, or phones or get, get them away from me. And then I'm sending books out to Mel. Yeah. And I think, and I think as well that he definitely had a call in from when he was young. And I think where he was going in and out of prison, I think, because you were always dipping into chapel and, mm. and stuff like that. And I think he definitely had kind of a spiritual calling anyway. And that's probably what I was attracted to yeah. really deep down. And I think what it was, it was the drugs that was destroying him and that lifestyle because that's all you know, isn't it? And I think, so even though it was little by bit, little by bit, I think when he had the actual spiritual awakening, that's when I knew. And then all the like self-development books that I was reading, all the books. I even got baptized. I just completely found my identity, my true self of that authenticity, the love for myself. 
and that was all through. Yeah, the yeah. Give us awakening. a bit more detail about your awakening then, because we yeah. when we previously yeah. talked, it was like a Kundalini awakening thing, wasn't yeah. it? Where yeah. So you felt the energy going through your body. Yeah. So basically, it was like energy throughout my whole body. Yeah, was going through. It was like vibrating. It was this pure light. Yeah, my 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 foundation has always been because my nan used to go to church and do a hat. Yeah, and stuff like that. My mum, she changed her life, obviously, from being what you experienced before. She changed her life. So there was always that thing. I'd go to the, the um, Alpha course, I'd read the Bible, and I, I got fed from it. But then I'd say, oh, this Jesus stuff ain't happening, mate, because I'm still doing crime. We go into the church, we turn our drug lines off, yeah. leave them in the car, and then go in and then put, put money in the hat and all that. But it just <laughs> wasn't happening. But this time, when I prayed out, I went to sleep and then I was vibrating from head to toe, whether we call it Kundalini, whether it was a Christ experience or whatever it was. But that was the tipping point where I've never been the same since. Yeah. And from that, obviously, I've always go from my core like book would be the Bible, how Jesus moved. You obviously try to to move like that. But obviously, we've got this this world that we live in. Yeah. But that was like my foundation. Obviously, we don't go church. I obviously believe that 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 it's all about a relationship mm. for some people do do that stuff fair play to them but we've got like our our relationship with god and and our principles and the way we we kind of live mm-hmm. throughout the time there's been little retracements because we're in we're in the world when i come out of jail i was like a, i was like a, a saint when i yeah so the fellas in prison thought you were off your rocker yeah you got from one type of behavior to complete opposite yeah, yeah. overnight so, yeah. yeah overnight like literally any stories of like how they treated you or you tried to help people and they go out your way kind of thing yeah listen to this one so (laughs) (laughs) i'd have officers and stuff like asking someone would be taking a piss sometimes right yeah they say what do you think about the five thousand and all that feeling of the five thousand i'll go back to my cell i meditate and then i'll grab my my book after i do my meditation then my page is folded i think you've and then I leave a message after I leave a message saying oh have a nice day so when they do their room search but this is what kind of things started happening right I'm on remand now I'm looking at a bird and now I I have a vision that I'm going to be in room seven of the legal visit rooms and my solicitor is going to come and give me some good news so then in the morning I'm walking and I'm looking at a bird. I, I shouldn't be happy. I should be like, think I'm in jail. I'm walking and I'm singing that song. I got a feeling. Today's going to be a good day. As I'm walking, I'm saying that. As I'm going up the stairs to the legal visit, I'm going upstairs and then I'm going to say to the prison officer, oh, I'm in room seven. But then my spirit said, no, don't blow your own trumpet. Yeah, I've gone up. They pre-write your names on the doors before your visit. I've gone round the corner, Jack, room seven. I knew what was coming next. My solicitor come in, said, we've got some good news. They dropped this. You plead guilty to this, A, B, and C. So I had this in the vision, in the dream. The next, uh, a couple of days later, I've gone to ring Mel. I've come down in the morning. I've written Mel's number down on a bit of scrap paper on the, the notepad, right? I've written a number down. There's other stuff written on there. I've gone to use the phone. As I've gone to use the phone, I said, yeah, all right, babe, A, B, and C, all right, have a good day. Boom, put the phone down, put a bit of paper there. I've gone to education. When I'm in education, some, I'm speaking to certain people, and then the, the the guys come up to me and said, ah, oh, I've got something for you to come and see me after. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. And I'm thinking, what's, what's he on about? I've gone into the library, he's given me a book. 
with a number seven on it. I thought, wow. I was all like, nice one, bruv. I give him, shook his hand, give him my, I said, nice one. Because I knew that there was something in this book for me. And there's a number seven, you know, obviously that's my number. I'll tell you then. And I thought, wow. And as I'm telling him about synchronicities and signs and wonders and all this, he's looking at me thinking, this geezer's off his rocker, mate. <laughs> yeah, you got the officers thinking, this guy needs the bot. He needs healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew what I was talking about. Anyway, long story short, I've gone back to the ed- um, education. I've sat down with the book. As I'm looking at the book, I've read seven spiritual laws of superhero. I thought, wait a minute. I swear I know this book. I, I asked Mel, who's the author? Deepak Chopra. Wow. I asked Mel to order me the book two weeks prior. This stranger's come and give me the book. <laughs> Wait there a minute. Where is it written down in my cell? It's on my pad. <gasps> on the bit of paper, I wrote Mel's number down that morning. Okay. The seven spiritual laws of superhero. Deepak Chopra. <laughs> the stranger's just come and give me. He said, I don't know what it was. You just come into my head. Then I started getting on the patterns of, of life and how things work. And when you're putting goodness out... Goodness this is like going back 10, 11 years ago. So I've been on this for this journey for quite yeah. some time. So life started unfolding with synchronicities and signs and visions. Yeah. And then obviously Mel's experiencing this stuff and me sharing. And, and yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. was out this world. Did you not find it bizarre that the door opened when he was talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> like on the side yeah. there. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. it creeped me out. Yeah. <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> so you got out of prison. Yeah. Then what happened? Before, Tempt, were you tempt, temptation? Nah, because I was, I was, I was just, I was just straight. Even in the jail, mm-hmm. no one could come near me. I got my decat, and I'm going jogging. Anyone's bring, but take the blows away from me. Even in the CCAT derby, I'm in the CCAT, and you're locked on the, the the wing all night on the enhanced wing. You got all the lifers. They're partying. They're taking mandy and all that. And they're saying, "This is New Year's Eve." They're saying, "Yeah, blood, have a bit of mandy, D. Come on, mate, come and party, blood." And they're all they're all putting on their gear because they're lifers. They've been in for ten years, so they're putting on all their gear like that. Like they're going out raving. They're having Mandy, they're on their blowers, New Year's Eve. But I said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm all right. I'm good. I've done my I've done my fair share. I go back to my cell. I meditate and do a little prayer for them. And then I started, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. You were coming up to your re- Yeah, my release. release. So then obviously I'm in D I'm in D cat and then um the same thing's happening there. I'm changing people's lives there. And then I asked Mel to marry me on the phone. Um I can't remember how it went, a little bit romantic. I got someone to do something or another. And then <laughs> I wanted to get married the first week I was out. I just wanted to get mar- married. Yeah. So I got out of jail. They, I couldn't just go home. They put me in approved premises. So I had to sign on every three hours because I was high risk. I was mapper. So then I had to get permission to obviously get married, to take that off. And we, we got married the first week. Yeah. Do you remember the phone yeah. call, Mel? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. And and you also, because I think um, your stepmom, your dad's yeah. uh, missus, she got me a ring and some flowers oh. and everything, brought it round. And then he said it over the phone. So it was, yeah, really yeah. sweet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. So we were at where you got out. Yeah. And he's a new man. Yeah. And then what happens? Yeah, so I got out, new man, we got married, and then I have to start from scratch, basically. I I was going out to look for work, but I then had to be back to sign in three hours, and then eventually I see name on the board, Orion, for an, a recruitment. Started doing labouring, but as I'm doing the labouring, 
I'm meditating on my lunch. It'll be part of 12.45, 12.15 when I do roll check, I used to do my meditation. So now, we're at my lunchtime, I'm doing my meditation. I'll go, I'll meditate, and then I wanted another job. I didn't want to be working for an agency. So then Dave met me with Neil, and Neil was doing a um, a roof down in, in Marlow, yeah? Uh, Mel B's old house. So he's doing... um the roof and he said oh, there's a job there all you need to do is ride up to um the roundabout because they put me in they put me in oxford um to get me away from my area so now i've got this job and i'm riding to the other side of oxford in the morning it's pissing down with rain i'm riding up this big massive hill and then i have to get off the bike and push it and it's pissing down with rain i ain't worked before in my life and i'm thinking Phew. but then the next day i'm riding and i'm thinking Phew. I just put my head down and thought like I was on a spinning spinning class. <laughs> then I got to the top. And then after, it became nothing. I conditioned it. But anyway, long story short, I, I was working doing the roof at this um, his banker's house. Yeah, He was a banker. And he hired Neil to obviously do the roof. So I'm doing the roof now, doing the labouring work. And then all of a sudden, he's um, he's employed me. He's took me from Neil and then he's employed me straight. So he's employed me and then he's took me from doing the hard work, the labouring, to doing the, the gardening. So now I'm just watering the plants around the state. But you didn't home. do the gardening until I came along, did you? Oh yeah, Mel got me the favour. <laughs> <laughs> so before Mel come, I, I said to Mel, listen, she's driving on the M25 to her friends in Surrey. I'm saying you need to get you need to get one something closer because it's it's not making sense. Yeah. The hour you spend on the motorway, and I kept getting onto it, and then in the end she put in the um gum tree uh a job, whatever it was. And then she said, because she heard me speaking about my boss, name's Jason, and yeah. they take us for lunch, and he's a good guy and stuff like that. And then there's one position come up in in Marlowe, but it's got. She put Buckinghamshire. I put Buckinghamshire. But it, so it said Buckinghamshire. So I put the position in, but I didn't hear anything back. But because he kept on saying, oh, Jason's taken us for lunch today, like on a Friday, he does mm. it with all of the workers. I was like, ask him if he's, if he's looking for a job, um, you know, for a nanny position, isn't it? Um, no, housekeeper. You, no, no, no. He said, so she put the, 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 the position in. On on the the but gum I didn't tree, hear anything but back. she didn't hear nothing. She said, "Do you think it's 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 him?" Because it says Jason Marlowe, yeah, because of the the connection of the name. And I said, "Well, just put it in and see if it comes back." It never come back. And then she said, "Ask him if he's got a gum tree account and there's a position in there." Yeah. So then I've asked him, "Have you got a gum tree account?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "Oh, tell her to come in." So then she come in and then started yeah, working the as job. well. So then we basically went from making all this serious dough as criminal in the underworld <laughs> yeah. to now I'm the gardener Two. and he Mel's Mel's the maid do you understand and it's like literally he had me picking um what are daddy lions <sighs> do you make a wish yeah daddy lions yeah? Yeah. he said to me I'll pick them out of the garden yeah and at the time I didn't think nothing of it because I was spiritually I was free the sun shining I was happy I was in a good space and <laughs> when he told me I didn't think nothing, but it's only later on I realised that that was life humbling me because I used to make a balaclava, I make dough easy like that, but it was quite. But it was life was training me to what was ahead. So anyway, we were there for however many years. Yeah, we? we was. He looked after years. us. The family looked after us. Yeah, we we'd, were we'd just look working. After, yeah, we'd just... look after the like the big massive 
like a stately home kind of thing. It'd leave us there while they travel the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was um, big moves. But I was there for two years and now I'm thinking, I'm done with this now. Yeah, because I had, a, when I had that um, awakening within myself and experience, that still small voice said to me, create a program for you before the roads, before the trauma and all that stuff. So, because list- he wrote the program when you was in Spring Hill, didn't you? Yeah. Because he'd already had it. that spiritual awakening and then he went to DCAT in Spring Hill. So you literally showed me this program and I was just like, you didn't write that. And he's like, I did. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Like, because it was just the articulation of yeah, the, the of content and the stuff. The content, it just everything. It was just like amazing. And I was just like, you mm. didn't write that. He said, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So then I got out, I'd done that work and then I was like, I'm done with that now. And then I done the leap. So you got to think we're living in a normal life now, paying bills. Yeah. And Mel's still there and I'm leaping, but there's no security. Normal human beings want security. But where I've got that fearless within me, I leaped into the unknown. I was doing some consultancy work, going into, um, going into like, uh, offices, businesses and, and asking them if they want government funding, um, training free of charge whether it's receptionist a b and c so i just have to go in there and then i'll get 100 pound commission so i was doing that for a while but it weren't paying up and some places i was walking in with my um with my folder i'd like long drench jacket on shirt tie and i walk in i say um i'm dave from sunhill police station we've got a warrant to search premises no fast movement with your pants i've got team out the back and out the front and they'd be like I said, I'm only joking. I'm Dwayne from MB Training Consultancy. What we do, we elevate the workplace, not that you're not elevated already. How many jobs I got offered from that, yeah? Because wow. I just make, I was making scripts up as I was going along. One time I've gone in a place, I thought, I'm getting bored of this script, this Dave from Sunhill Police Station. So I've just changed from the door there. I've literally gone, gone through. I said, hello, I'm Dave from Pets Control. Come about the rats. And they said, ah. Oh, Oh, they're just at the back. We've just been speaking about you. When are you going to come? <laughs> I must have picked up on something. Backfired. Yeah, 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 yeah. I must have picked up on something as I went. So, But that's a gift in itself, isn't it? Like, like when you become mm. like spiritually awakened mm. and you like pick up on things and that's what was happening. Yeah, that's what it? was happening a lot of the time. Yeah. So then um, went from there. So now I can't pay, we can't pay the bills. We're struggling yeah. now. So then I'm jumping from this. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping from this job, that job. I'm on, on deed because we need to pay our bills. And then... Where I was so hungry, yeah, that's when the breakthrough come through. I ended up getting into Feltham as um, a youth worker. Yeah. But I never went in there. Remember, I got the program. I never went in there to do youth work. But I got into Feltham and then got keys as a youth worker. Two years of being out of jail. Now, furthermore, before I got into the jail. Actually, yeah, before you got into jail, we were working at um, at the jason's house you was doing the thing and, in the I children's was, and i was working in the children's room i had like two jobs yeah didn't i yeah yeah so then and then i was in a children's home working with young yeah. people because that was our purpose yeah. that's really what we wanted to do because we had the program and everything and then Dwayne come along and got a job there a senior position didn't you yeah so i'm in a children's yeah. home senior position i got the keys all the kids are in bed and i'm still on prison license <laughs> <laughs> I started, we started breaking all limitations, all statistics. <laughs> and then I'm there with the, that. And then that's when I got into the prison after. So I started breaking all limitations of everything. And then we got into the jail. But when I was in the jail, I weren't in there to do youth work. 
They want to do youth work and play games with them in the classroom. I was in there to do military work because obviously these boys here are traumatized. They're obviously murder charges, A, B, and C. And I was speaking a language that they understood. So next minute now, I'm putting in my notice now. I've done my little networking because obviously I'm still a hustler, aren't I? Yeah. Doing my networking with all the governors and stuff like that. And then Lucy said, don't put your notice in. You've got nothing there. I said, Lucy, I live by faith, not by sight. Being sure of what I hope for, uncertain of what I do not see yet. So next minute, handed a notice in. Two days later, I see Glenn Knight, the number one governor in the gym over, over lunch when the prisoners are banged up. I've gone in there like an eagle. I said, Glenn, A, B, and C. He said, yeah, send my PA uh, an email and we'll set up a meeting. Set up the meeting. Now I'm on the M25 driving to Felton. I broke down in tears. I'm all whistled up, whistled suited up. And I just started breaking. I don't even know why I was crying, but I was crying. I'm going to meet the governor now. I'm in a suit like that. I've got my folder. And then I've gone in and I smashed it, articulated in a way. He shook my hand on the contract. I stood up. He looked up and down on me. He said, this is before the tattoos. I'm my own boss now. He said, do you fancy doing a session in the gym? I said, yeah, why not? Basically, we done four years in there, and then yeah. I, and then the hours went up on the contracts. I said, "Mel, come on, yeah, keep it in the family." Yeah. Mel, come in there. <laughs> we were working with all the gangster boys around North, South, and we, East, and West. And then we London. built a team, so we got a team in there. Yeah, a team um, of mentors in yeah, there. So. Wow. We built a curriculum, OCN London, our curriculum with all the the programs. We worked with the likes of Diggity, Dig That, SJ, all these like rappers now. Some of them, obviously, are doing big birds yeah but we worked with a lot of um influential young people we, and we were probably contributing factors to some of the stuff because like diggity and that right it's talking about, about the tune now about energy yeah i had them in the classroom yeah meditating if they started speaking and laughing i was going beep or macasio yeah and then they <laughs> they faced their their chairs against the wall so they weren't laughing i was showing them about manifestation meditating and now obviously they're a bit ignorant at the time but now they've grown up they realize what i was trying to dedicate to them to try and help them and visualize we used to pray for them in in the cells yeah. when they're coming back and they got life sentences yeah. 20 years like sj i see him coming back and it's like seeing my son like the weight of depression and I'd have to say come we go in the cell I mean the cell in the corner room and I just pray I just pray I just pray with them we'll be praying with yeah. them innit yeah because of, of of like we've done amazing work in there yeah yeah we've we've had so many young boys that have some that have actually got out that haven't had long sentence sending us um, yeah. like hundreds on Instagram messages you've changed our life wow. I can't believe yeah. it like if it wasn't for you lot because yeah, we were, we were different, weren't we? Yeah, we were different to all, we profes to they all could professionals. With us. We had the road. That's I why think I it's seeing. because they knew the lifestyle that we had mm. before. They had that connection. Yeah, and that's obviously the company that we got is, 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 is road light because we came from the road and now obviously the light. So yeah. it's the road that they identified with and then we were able to bring some light to them to um, yeah. help them. Well, I actually have a question for you individually. Yeah. Um, during this time of spiritual awakening and doing a good thing, yeah. Were either of you tempted towards the old life? No, no. I was free. No. The no. freedom. The freedom think... was so real and you felt so authentic. Because remember before, we were trying to be people that we're not to fit in because of this old programming, the old subconscious. So now we're awake and we've become conscious. I don't care about anyone. I don't care about anyone. I know what I'm doing is right true and i'm just helping and doing things so and we knew there even... was a law as well yeah because what you put out you get back 
So we, we start tapping we, into this. We wouldn't even want to go there because if you start putting out bad stuff, it's going to come back to you, isn't it? Yeah, it was coming back quick time. Where I picked up on the pattern, if I'd done something... Forgive me, Mark. So if I'd done something, I looked at a bird, like whatever, I'm coming out of the shop and I'm still, I'm waiting, there's other little butchers. Yeah, I'd reverse out, bam, smash up the smash into the thing's car. I'd just smash into the thing's car. So now all of a sudden I'm learning because it's happening instantly. Yeah. So now I'm not doing it, not because Mel's not watching, because I don't want to bring disaster and discipline on myself. Because if I break a rule, a law, it's coming back to me, whether Mel's there or not. So then now we're actually picking on, picking yeah. up. You're right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. Yeah. So now I'm picking up on this yeah, thing. Funny. So for instance, I've been in, there was retracements throughout the journey. Yeah. The first four years, I did not drink alcohol or do anything. Then we were in the do with like um, Jason at the place where we were, yeah? And they're drinking wine, all fine people, upper class people. So we have a little drink of wine and it was all right around the Christmas dinner. So then I started thinking, oh, I can have a little whistle. But then my man starts coming out, the old you, with alcohol. So throughout the 10 years, I did have times and there was like close things where the old me would come out. But then in the end... Even for instance, the last one, I remember about a year or however long ago was, I had a bit of brandy. The next day, I've gone down to get my bike to go for a bike ride. What's happened? The bikes have been stolen. stolen. No. I knew what it was straight away because I broke the law. This is how the universal laws happen. But people are not awake and conscious to be able to pick up on the pattern because they're running off of the unconsciousness and sleeping to not realize, oh, that's linked to that. Once you start waking up, evolving, life starts speaking to you. There's a communication, there's a language that's beyond words and it will come through the vibration into the third dimension. It's deep. Give me goosebumps. So what is (laughs) the worst thing you've done and what's the biggest repercussion of it spiritually? What, since I've been awake? Yeah. Um, I think drink alcohol. So every time you have a drink, something negative will happen. Yeah. Obviously, obviously you spoke about yeah. your bike. And I'll tell you what, you're going to think, people are going to think I'm a nutter, but they've always think I'm a nutter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Even food. If I eat cake and chocolate or anything like that, I go on to the lower dense. Remember, I've been on this thing for the last 12 years. Yeah, People think we're, we're nutters because we keep ourselves to ourselves. We go out where we need to go out, serve who we need to serve. If I eat chocolate or whatever... The next day, I'll be on the lower dense. Things will start going wrong for me. That's how deep it is. Yeah, it's like you you have that. The the high high you suffer. So Sean and me went out for (laughs) dinner recently and he doesn't have a lot of sugar in his diet. He's really, he's really pure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entice me into having a dessert is thing. It? Oh my oh. God, he was moody as fuck. The next so, day, yeah. he got that spike. And then <laughs> yeah. like a diabetic. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I was like cranky as hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't give Sean like dessert. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think the purer you are, the, then yeah. when you do put toxins in, yeah, yeah. of course it's it going to happen. Yeah. You feel yeah. It. Yeah. And then you get a buzz, so much you get a buzz of that high frequency of that flow of life, yeah, then you don't want to lose that flow where everything's just flowing through. You go into the shop to get a drink and the guy says, no, nah, don't worry about that. Everything's just just flowing. The traffic will flow. The lights will flow at yeah. the same time. It's like, you know, the law of attraction, isn't it? Like, you know, you it's do just a law. Yes, it's yeah, one it's of the law. laws, but it's a lifestyle. It's not a law of attraction. Yeah, this is where we get caught up here. Yeah? It's a lifestyle. And within that yeah. lifestyle, there's different 
pieces that complement each other yeah. and whether it's diet whether it's the company you keep whether it's your environment whether it's um your sleep what food what time you eat your food like we've got a curriculum we've got a curriculum the light the road to enlightenment yeah. because it's a lifestyle it's beyond meditate or achieve that now nah, it's 24 7 you gotta it's be everything to do awake. with your diet yeah we, we watched the podcast about sugar didn't we recently yeah oh my and God. people get have the sugar and they think that's going to give them energy but it just spikes does it and then yeah. they slump yeah big so one. they have to fall back on caffeine yeah. or sugar or yeah that's the part if you get rid of it all then your natural energy comes back yeah yeah, yeah. so how do you yeah. get rid of negative people for the viewers out there I don't have no negative people around me. People won't call my phone. <laughs> people won't call my phone. They tr- like even family members. They go through mail. <laughs> uh, I've got You've like got no bullshit. I've got, uh, <laughs> yes. Straight up, no one will call my phone. I'm literally on that level. No one will call my phone because I don't take bullshit. I just eliminate it with the truth. It's just too and so people real. Can't, people people can't, can't deal with it. I've shut down contracts because of it. I've had governors there, and I'm not putting my tail under. A big contract within the jail, and he said, "Oh, you're not, you're not happy." Well, I said, "Listen, I'm not happy because A, B, and C, this, that, and the other people within the other companies went." Yeah, yeah. I said, "No, I'm not happy because A, B, and C, this, that, and the other." And then we've gone out to meet, and Mel's gone. Oh, I don't think that went well. I said, "Listen, don't worry about that. I've already done my three day fast." <laughs> yeah, I said, "Don't worry about the third dimension." Next day, we've gone into work. We've gone in, gone into the prison. There's an email. Can you come to my office ASAP, please? I said, sure. I've gone over there. Number one, I'd just like to apologize. In my whole 15 years within the service, I've never had a meeting like that. Number two, we're going to read thingy this contract. And number two, we're going to keep it the same money. Okay, <laughs> thank you ever so much. There's ways and means of living and to tap into things. And yeah. you have to be in the kingdom on a high frequency to make things happen. Yeah. We all fall short with our vices, but yeah. it's a lifestyle and you don't want to go back. Just to answer that question. You're being and what can automatically put you on a low frequency? Automatically. Yeah. I work with, a, we work with a lot of people, isn't it, Mel? Yeah. yeah. We work with a lot yeah. of people. So I can be around someone, yeah. And depending, like, for instance, I'll share this with you. When we just, like, I went to the gym earlier on and like my gym's in a location, this one, but I'm moving out of there because when I'm walking, say they're in a shopping center, so I'm, I'm, I'm like doing Pac-Man, Yeah moving from thing because i will detect like who's carrying you know certain like obviously big people there's like legions in there do you know what i mean of of energy so i would even at the gym if i see someone there i have to wait a little while because if i go heat. over the heat the energy you know there, sitting on the heat and the feel seat. Like someone's going over my grave oh i have to leave it a little while even when i get up here they're all sitting on the seat so going back to that question you are the company keep i can't be around people unless there's a means to an ends and we complement each other and a b and c i just won't do it i won't be in a conversation or thingy and it's what goes into you and then where you put yourself and obviously my man the thoughts within your taking charge of that yeah isn't it yeah like i said earlier viewers there was going to be a radical transformation hope you've enjoyed this as much as me can you let the viewers know where they can find and support you guys then? We'll have all your links below the video. Yeah, yeah. So you can find us on uh, com or Jack on any social medias. 
our company's road light and then and seven road light yeah so we've got two companies so one's road light and we've got seven road light mm. and then you can find me on mel jack so what kind of people are you guys helping right now if anyone's watching this and they know someone who needs help so we're doing a lot of rat work around um county lines exploitation because that's my field which we will go into my story so you you'll know so i help a lot of young um girls through sexual exploitation and women through domestic violence because i've got lived experience um and we're working with buckinghamshire council yeah so that's um, that's contract work for like our, our business that's our business that we do there, yeah. the, the um, exploitation and all that. But then we've got our coaching services as well, which yeah. is our mentorship. So we do, we do, like I've got clients that have got PhDs and stuff like that. I've got clients from all walks of life that are business owners, etc., and from different cultures. And we help people go from A to B if there's obviously, because life can slap anyone up, no matter yeah. how rich you are, or how poor you are. So that's what we do. We've got our private yeah. clients. Um, and then obviously we've got the companies that reach young reach people out. and stuff like that. Yeah. So what about like concerned parents, school teachers? Could they yeah. contact you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you do a lot of school talks, don't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 School so talks. A lot of programs prison that we talks. Run. Mm. Right, yep. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to reach out, then the links, the contact information is in the description box below this video. Let us know in the comments what you thought. We'll see you next time and look forward to the other story coming soon, Mel. <laughs> oh, how tempting. <laughs> cool. Cheers, guys. That yeah, was thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, on tools yeah. now. Chet Sandu's book is finally available worldwide on Amazon. He's one of our most viral podcast guests ever. The book is called Self-Made, Juice Paid, An Asian Kid Who Became an International Drug-Smuggling Gangster. Do you want to read some of the back, Jen? Yeah, go the blurb. In 1999, Chet Sandu was arrested at gunpoint in Alicante Airport for smuggling the largest quantity of illicit pharmaceutical drugs in Spanish history. Interesting. Overnight, he went from living in the shadows of the Costa del Crime's underworld to being labelled a notorious supervillain in the international press. Incarcerated alongside murderers, rapists and terrorists in a super maximum security wing. He had to navigate a world of murderous knife fights, prison breaks, drug taking and high state power plays. Good bedtime read. In self-made use paid learn how a British born Asian kid with disabilities raised in a corner shop, emerged as a protector of his family from racist thieves and hooligans. Be prepared to be entertained, informed and offended by Chet's no-holes-barred account of raves, drugs, bodybuilding, entering the fashion industry. Did you know that he dated Kylie Minogue and Naomi Campbell? (laughs) Latest interview. Working the doors and life in one of the world's deadliest places to be incarcerated if you enjoyed chet's podcast series with us there's a lot more detail in the book check it out worldwide on amazon ebook paperback and audiobook